It's time for the Cinema Geekly Podcast, episode 31. My name is Anthony Lewis. Thanks for checking us out on cinemageekly.com, Facebook, Twitter, Google+, and on iTunes. No Aaron this week. He's off in merry old England uh, doing a Doctor Who thing. Actually, he said he was going to do something with Harry Potter, too. Uh, there's like some Harry Potter thing in England where they have a, a whole mess of like the old set still up and he was going to take pictures and things like that. So he better make good on the promise. But this week uh, we are rejoined, I guess, friend of the show now. You've been on. The, this is your second time on the show. Uh, Andrew List down in sunny, beautiful. Are you are you in Wichita Falls right now? I mean, I'm in San Angelo, but still Texas. Still ah. Is, where is that in relation to Wichita Falls? Um, probably about like two, three, four hours. You know, it varies on the roads you take. But yeah, about three hours or so. The state of many cities. Oh, yeah. Texas. Been too many cities. Um, no, but yeah, it's it's great to, to be back on the show. I, always a good time. Uh, well, last time we talked about the the short fan film you did. So right, right, yeah. We talked. We talked about the my first fan film, and then we we talked about the pre production stages of my current one that that is filmed now. So, yeah, that's uh, based on the graphic novel Kingdom Come. Correct. And uh, first, let's get that's uh, a pre plug. Facebook.com slash Kingdom Come Fan Film. Yep, you got it. Yeah, you you're ahead of me. I did my homework this time. <laughs> yeah. uh, but you can uh, you can find out some information there and you you've also recently put up uh, a number of photos from the shoot but nothing nothing spoileristic i guess just uh just a just a few shots of of what some of uh the characters look like but right. i'm guessing you are keeping all of the best stuff uh under wraps for the time being um I, I think there's imagery that uh, will will satisfy many viewers when it comes down to the final uh, product. Um, we want it to be as good as and exciting as it can be for everyone who's watching. Um, and I really, I mean, I'm not just saying this because, oh, yeah, I'm involved with the movie. But I think it's going to deliver tenfold on, on, on that promise. Um, we uh, Everyone worked really hard to make it happen. So it's, it's looking great. We're in the post-production visual effects type stuff, uh, which is, if you've read the Kingdom Come novel, you know there are a big number of visual effects for mm-hmm. lots of different scenes, so. <laughs> the, uh, I guess the, the, uh, the I, I was going to say the real big difference, but I think there's been a couple of big differences between uh, Kingdom Come and The Golden Child. I think maybe the biggest of which was that you kind of brought everybody to you for The Golden Child, right? Correct. And this time you went elsewhere, to film yeah. yeah that's exactly yeah when we did golden child i brought everyone to san angelo and that was a very hectic very stressful process um which i you know obviously comes with making a film there was not to say there wasn't stress when we did kingdom come right however when it came to kingdom come uh there's a lot of people in atlanta and danny kelly my the person who's playing superman he just went above and beyond and knocked down the park helping me find locations there and suggesting people that might be a good person for a cast and mm-hmm. worked really well with me on helping me out a lot d- during the process. Um, so uh, when we went to him, he already had found like a lot of different places, gotten you know the okay from some people. So he helped out like a tremendous amount and, you know, went above and beyond his traditional, uh, you know, just acting credit for this, for this project. So, I mean, he, he did, a, he helped out a whole lot with that. Um, uh, we, we did jam pack a lot of our filming into a short period of time based on because some of the people who were in it, granted that they went to uh, to Georgia, 
um, to film. They uh, also didn't live there. Like some people from Mississippi and Florida and stuff like that. So right. a lot of people came in for it. Mostly in the, was it in the Atlanta area mostly, or was it um, kind of just all around that? The, one of the studios we used was in Atlanta, and then the other one was in Griffin, Georgia, which is like a suburb of Atlanta. That's maybe mm-hmm. like 45 minutes away, I believe it was. So pretty close to Atlanta. Okay, so how many different locations? Did, I mean, just looking from the, uh, just looking at the pictures, there's a couple of uh, obvious right. different looking locations. There's, a, it looks like a farm, uh, some kind of town hall looking place, maybe. Yeah. Um, what looks like a, a church, and then obviously there's quite a few shots that are green screen. And you're talking to me off off air that you guys actually got to shoot in a legit green screen studio. Oh yeah, um, yeah, we got to shoot at uh, Studio Space Atlanta, um, which was which was just awesome because on on previous projects and other film things I've worked on, and I'm sure you've had this experience. Mm-hmm. You have the home green screen studio kits. So there's nothing wrong with those, and they work great. But when right. you have this, you know. I don't know how big the thing was, but it, it's you can wi- have the shot as wide as you want, have it as tall as you want, and and you got plenty of space. You can add as many people as you want. There's no worries about oh wait, you're out of the shot, you're out of this. You right. I mean, so much. We are talking. For- we're talking essentially here like what wall to wall green screen. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. By yeah. and large. Yeah, yeah. It was it was it was so massive. Um, and then they had uh, they had a, an actual dressing room, like with, you know, with the mirrors and everything. It, it, it was, it was legit. Like, I mean, it was such a cool experience because that was my first time on any film project getting to work with that kind of a studio setup, you know, opposed to, well, right. here's our little green screen. Let's, let's ghetto it together and make the shot work. But right. I mean, let's get the, pull out the duct tape. Let's... Yeah, 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 exactly. No. And, and it was really cool because uh, the, the people who actually run the studio space Atlanta, they come up and said, Hey, what are you guys making? This is awesome. You know? And I sent them the Facebook and I said, they're going to check it out. And so, I mean, right. they, they were, they were curious themselves because I, I think they do a lot of uh, music videos filmed there is what they, what they're used to for their clientele. So, us doing, you know, all these different people in really extravagant costumes in front of a green screen caught their attention a little bit. Uh, so could you tell me a little bit, at least about the, maybe the, uh, the places you shot, at least the ones that you've released in, in sure. photo form without going into, into details or anything, just talk a little bit about the places where you shot at. Cause a lot of them look, uh, fantastic. Obviously a lot of people say that you know, nothing will make a movie look better than when you can shoot in a legit, a real life location. I no, I have to agree with that for sure. After after doing it, um, the uh, the the ones that I can't talk about it, you know, are the ones that the picture released. And I don't, I don't personally think this would be any sort of spoiler. Anyone who's read the novel and sees a picture we posted at the farm knows it's the farm scene from you know from from the earlier stages of the, of the novel, and um, that 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 was the farm was just amazing. Um, and they, they uh, such a beautiful farm. Uh, they had they had so much horses, and everyone was really friendly there. And uh, they they, uh, they helped us out a lot. Um, you know, they had pretty much anything we needed. They said, "Yeah, we can do that for you. Yeah, we'll grab that for you." And it was and it it really felt like when it was fil- when we were filming this that it was really coming out of the novel because we had the novel on set for all of our shots because right because that was our storyboard. To me, Alex Ross is one of the most talented artists out there why would i even try to redraw these shots whenever he has them done for me basically right there's so. pictures on the face there's a great picture on the facebook page of um of the you guys have the the book open and obviously it's it's cliff note cliff noted oh, like right, all over right. the place um but yeah that's uh um i mean what better source to really work from right especially yeah. for especially for this project which is and we should probably make note of it i'm sure we mentioned it 
on the uh, on the last time you were here, but it's not. It is not the full movie. Right. It is. Uh, it, I think you said it's an extended trailer. Yeah, that's the uh, that's our plan to make an extended trailer. Okay. We we shot the, uh, some of our personally our favorite scenes, our most important scenes to tell a story, and. For anyone who's continued to say, well, why aren't you making this into a movie? Because we don't have the budget of the Avengers. That's why. Right, I mean, so right. Unfortunately, we don't have that. Um, if somebody came to you and said, hey, here's uh, $90 million. Go make this movie for me. I'm sure, sure. you would have been, okay. Yeah, no yeah let's do this. Let's do it. Frank, yeah, no, no problem at all for that. But um, And, and it, it's funny to me how many people are saying, why don't you make this into a full movie? And I'm like, because it would suck with the budget we had to make a full movie with this. Oh, yeah, because you, know? you would have to spread everything out. <laughs> It'd be like, we have a dollar per shot. Let's see what we can do. <laughs> so, I, I, like, uh, but to me, the, the, the whole point is, I want this trailer to, to capture so many people so when it ends, they say, all right, I, I would see that movie. I, I want to see that movie. I wish this was real. I mean, I know releasing the trailer is already going to get that, uh, when is this being released? You know, right. comment. It's, it's going to even, no matter how many times, I could have a disclaimer on the screen through the whole thing that this is a trailer only and it would still happen. So, um, that has to be, that has to be a good feeling though for somebody to be like, when does, when, when will this come out? I mean, because that just means that not only does it look good, but it did what a trailer is supposed to do, Absolutely. which is make you want to watch. Um, I, I know we talked about the Grayson trailer before on the yep. first podcast, but that is what that did for me. I oh, saw I, that, and I'm like, when is this being made? Uh, no, I, have to, I have to agree completely. And my but, heart was I, broken when they when they said, "Oh, is basically the guy did it as a you know a demo reel for his you know to you know hire me. This is what I do. Check it out." It was. Um, I mean, it was a fan film in that sense, but it was also done for his, you know, portfolio. It was never meant to be and, a and real it's movie. It's funny, I mean, that it was done for his portfolio because it is definitely one of the most known fan films that exists today. I mean, yeah. most people, when you when it comes to superhero fan films, like the first one they'll mention is Grayson, ninety percent of the time. So, I mean, that's that's really, uh, I mean, it's cool, buddy. and that's but that's the same kind of thing. Yeah, I want people when that ends to say, "Wow, this needs to be real right now. This needs to be made." But, uh, anyways, back on track with the shooting locations. Yeah. Um, and you mentioned the one where it look, it's actually a courthouse scene in the, in the novel where more or less, like I said, it's not really a spoiler. The novel was published in 1996. I'm not really spoiling anything. Anyone can read the information that's in Kingdom Come. Right. What you're, uh, not, what you're not spoiling is the scenes that you haven't shown us correct. pieces of. So. Correct. Um, but yeah, there's the, 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 the pictures that had the, with the building behind him is, is um, him, uh, Superman, basically when he comes back with his rebuilt Justice League, more or less, and he's addressing that, you know, um, we're going to make things right again. We, we shouldn't have been gone. That was our fault. So he, he um, and that was what we shot there. And uh, and we really got some really amazing shots uh, there and, and quite a bit of attention from people in the in the city, seeing all these people in uh, different superhero <laughs> I, costumes. I bet. OK, so the um, and we already talked about the green screen studio, obviously. Oh, yeah. um, the uh, the big I guess the other big difference is you worked with a much larger cast by comparison to the previous film yes yes oh yes um much much larger without with without saying because i know there's a few people that you don't want to you know say that oh this is in here this is in here can you just give me like a rough idea of how many people you worked with in the movie um let me let me think for a second <laughs> I, I, w- I would say i would say clo- close to 
uh, I don't know, between somewhere between 20 to 40 people. I know it's kind of a big range, but I mean, without yeah. actually counting up each individual, it was a lot bigger amount. Certain sets had more people, certain sets had less people, certain sets had everyone. So like, it just, it just depends. Um, but that's, uh, that's crazy because I'm looking at some of the images here and the max number of people in the image is four. And I'm like, Oh, I'm, I'm guessing it's probably somewhere between five and 10. <laughs> and you're like, no, double that. Or maybe a little so more. Like, like a, on, that's on, crazy. On some of, on some of them, it was like, some people were like, I know I'm not in the shot, but can I go watch? And I'm like, yeah, you're in the movie. I don't care. Come watch. Uh, you know, why not? You're in the movie. I don't care. Yeah. Yeah. Didn't bother me at all. And we had, uh, you know, lots of photographers and one of the really, really just awesome things is that, um, for our film, we had some photographers, um, some costume dyers, and uh, uh, stunt coordinators. Who uh, two two of them have worked, or actually all of them have worked on the Walking Dead TV series. Yeah, uh, they shoot in uh, Atlanta. Yeah, and and then and then another one of them uh, has has worked uh, has, was a stunt double for the Teen Wolf TV series. And here's the mm-hmm. here's the finale one. Uh, the fight, one of the fight coordinating type people. I don't know the exact technical term he was for the movie, right. but uh, for the Dark Knight Rises, for the Bane Batman fight scene at the end of the movie, he was the one pretty much doing like the Batman fighting for it, which is just insane to me. Like, yeah, he was the person who did our stuff coordinating for our movie, and whenever he, he told me that, I was like, what? That why didn't you tell me this right away? That's incredible. So <laughs> that's that's crazy. Um, well, yeah. So did did at any point you kind of feel like you were over your head at that point, like? doing your second project and it's just a fan film. And then all of a sudden, did you just feel like, Whoa, where, where did I, where did I step into all of a sudden? Like, it just seemed like you went from a very small world to like a, like a kind of a big one very quickly. Um, well, it, it wasn't really, uh, it, it definitely was a different world. Don't, don't, don't get me wrong there. However, um, I don't think I, I, the biggest thing was that, uh, it was like, this is how it should be. I should have people who are like, Oh, let's this, ded- this much dedication, this level of, right let's do this. And, uh, I mean, it, it was definitely stressful to manage so many more people. Like, I mean, there was times I was probably a jerk and just like, okay, everyone shut up. We're doing a shot. Like, cause it, would, it was such a long day. Like our first day of shooting right. started at like 6am and then we got finished at 10pm at night and I had, I think a donut for the entire day. So I was like drained <laughs> of energy, irritated and tired. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it got to the point where at the beginning it's like, all right, everyone quiet on the set and action. Then it became, all right, shut up. Uh, action. Let's go. <laughs> Like, so like, uh, it, I mean, uh, it was just a long day cramming a lot of shots in, um, and making sure, uh, what did help is that a lot of the actors and, uh, everything knew their lines very, very well. Um, so for example, there, there was no way I could make a full blooper reel cause there was not enough outtakes. That's how well they were ready to do this thing. Right. Were, so that was, that was really cool. I mean, like there was like one or two little bitty spots and it was just the lost the train of thought kind of thing. And it wasn't a big deal at all. So, um, they, everyone really worked hard together, but, uh, uh, we had, it, it was awesome having so many different departments on this compared to last thing where it was kind of like, uh, I think you can do that. Right. Oh, okay. Yeah, I can do that. Right. So like, uh, you know, we had ma- people doing makeup and people doing, right. you know, all these different, so like, it was really, really nice to, to have that and to, to be able to talk to the different, how much longer is it going to take here and, but uh, it was a lot more to manage because since I didn't live there, getting to the destinations, I would have to have someone else take me. And I don't know the area. So it was kind of like, if you're not going, we can't get there. You know, that one of those kind of things. So Right. Um, but, but it was awesome. I would love to work with uh, the, that cast and that crew again there because um, they, they were all very no, – no egotistical problems, nothing like that ever came up or arose, thankfully, because – um, and everyone was really down to earth and it was, uh, it was really a lot of fun, uh, doing the, 
the project and everything and everyone like I said some some people had their own costumes already and they were just so incredibly in depth to the book it just every every shot felt like it was coming to life like I mean it really did um, now I want to touch uh, there's a couple other things I really want to touch on one of them is the the Indiegogo thing uh, how did that all end up panning out for you? Because oh, we sure. did talk um, about that last time. Well, we ended up raising a little over 6000 and then they took out their percentage. You know, right. they, for people that don't know, they take out a percentage. Um, whether you meet your goal or you don't meet your goal, if you don't meet your goal, they take out a little more. Right. And then when it gets transferred to your PayPal, they take out some. So in the end, around uh, the upper 5000 area is the actual cash value we end up receiving, like, uh, like 5500 or so. Right. And on a, on a thrill scale, like 1 to 10, how thrilled were you with with that level of support. Oh, beyond, beyond thrilled. I know people are saying, but you didn't meet your goal of $8,000, which was our goal in case anyone didn't know. Right. But, um, the $8,000 goal was one of those. And then if anything comes up, we have backup money to be able to spend on this and this and that. Right. And, uh, I mean, all, all that ended up happening since we didn't reach the goal is, you know, some of my money, you know, cash money and my wife and, and stuff, money has went into doing different things along the process, which is not a really, a, you know, a big issue for us. This is our project in the first place. Um, but uh, th- this, uh, it, it was overwhelming. I, you know, I, whenever I would see these donations and the fact that some people actually, two different people donated $1,000 themselves was just, I, I, I still am like, wow, you, someone trusted us in this project enough to give us $1,000 of their own money. That's just right. incredible to me. Like that, not only that you have that kind of money, you would be willing to spend on someone else's thing, but that you trusted us. I mean, of all the fan projects that are out there. Right. You know, that, so that, that was really overwhelming and awesome. And I've thanked people countless times I and mean, if anyone's listening who's donated or been involved i mean it is beyond appreciated for the help that's went through in the in the process i mean i know words are just words but i mean it wouldn't ha- I, I people say oh well, if it wasn't for the fans it wouldn't happen but that is really the case here like if we didn't raise a significant amount of money it wouldn't have happened right so it, it's they they're the reason it happened i mean so really awesome uh the uh the other thing i really wanted to bring up I don't know how many – I know for a fact that quite a few of the people that you that you had in the movie uh, are are cosplayers, right? Correct. There's yeah. a uh, – were, were all of your superheroes all cosplayers or were they – were only, you know, a, a majority of them or um, – I, I think the, the – if, if not all, the vast majority, um, however, slash, semicolon, et cetera, mm-hmm. some of them um, – some of them uh, do acting in addition right. to some of them do uh, modeling. So it's not like, it's right. like, oh, you just got people who have nice costumes and you made a movie with it. Like, right. And, I, uh, and, I, and I didn't want to I didn't want to bring that point up because because I always um, there is sometimes a, definitely a stigma attached to that. The, the first thing I do want to point out, obviously, is, is the costuming thing. Uh, the people who take it seriously have amazing costumes like it is not like uh, they literally seriously craft their costumes like they look incredible i mean not just obviously the ones from from your film but if you just look at anybody who seriously does it they it's obviously a ton of work and love that gets put into what they're doing uh they couldn't look that way with without that much dedication to it well yeah the the guy who um who, who is my my superman and everything i mean he's a former bodybuilder but what he actually specifically told me is I work out and all these things like that so I can look good for these conventions I go to. That's the reason. He's like, because I don't want someone to see a picture of me online and see me in person and say, uh, he's not even as good a shape as he looked like in those pictures. Right. He's like, I want to deliver that image. And they see me and say, wow, that's the guy. Wow, he looks just like in the picture. Yeah. Dang. I mean, so. a, a lot of them, yeah, they do conventions. A lot of them do um, 
some some of them do you know charity work in the community yep. and do other things like that. Um, so yeah, it's they do stuff with kids all the time. Oh yeah, I, uh, I know a good number of the people that were in this project do lots of uh, like birthday parties and like little things for for different charity events. I, I know a lot of them do different things like that. So and did you did you find people specifically to 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 fit the role, or were some of these guys uh, do they traditionally you know cosplay as specifically uh, the characters from Kingdom Come? In some, um, well. Not, not. There's a couple people who've who've done cosplays of characters from Kingdom Come, right? But then there's some that it's like you would be a good fit for this version of this. Right. Would you be interested? Um, like, like as an example, the person we got for Lex Luthor, he does Lex Luthor at conventions, but he doesn't has never done the Kingdom Come version. So right. it, it was like, and it's not like a huge transition, but it's a similar thing. Um, and uh, a lot of people just really knew what they're doing. These some of these people just amazed me. Some of them. Uh, some were you know, very actually, uncanny actually compared made to the their pictures. Own costumes, and I'm like, right. "You made this specifically. You put this thing together." I, I'm just looking at like, I couldn't even draw this. Like, I mean, this just looks awesome. Right. So, I mean, they all for everything from all the pictures I've seen, they all look fantastic. Uh, the ladies are incredibly gorgeous. You must have had a real difficult time shooting beautiful ladies for many hours on end. Oh well. <laughs> <laughs> Excuse me, I, I got a cold, anyways. Um, but uh, no, uh, it, I'll, take, it was, I'll uh, take that as a nice save to right. save face with the wife. I, re- I really do have a cold. Uh, not not to not to um, okay. use that as my cover up. However, um, no, it, it was actually really funny. Uh, whenever you said that, it, it instantly put into my mind. And we were filming at the courthouse. There's there's people obviously seeing these girls in these you know very revealing outfits up there. Yeah, and like this just still, I'm like, I can't believe like this would never have happened when I was that age. But there was some kid who was maybe like eight, maybe eight. That's like maxing out his age. Mm-hmm. And he says like to Power Woman, who if, if for those of you who know, the blonde hair, white costume on the Facebook page. Yeah. And uh, and says to her, bye, sexy lady. And I was just like, I would never even use the word sexy at that age. That is insane <laughs> to me. Like, I, it, was, it was it was quite an experience. But uh, uh, I mean, but but seriously, though, I mean, and not just to not just to narrow it down. Uh, to to your female leads, but I mean everybody. When because there there would be times when you could put you know just put up side by side comparisons just for your cast reveal, and they looked great. Right. Uh, right. I mean it was yeah, they, it was it was really it was really fantastic. No, they 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 all and that's the other thing too. Opposed to finding a random actor somewhere um, to do a role, they they all really cared about the characters in very deep depth compared to just someone. Oh, I'm playing Superman in a movie. Okay, cool. Um, was a short movie. Oh, I don't need to do that much research. But they really cared about the the novel. They had already known the novel. Um, the I think the only person who actually you know wasn't like very deep into comics that played a very important character was Michael Sameka, who played our Nor- uh, Norm McKay, who another perfect fit. He's an actual uh, professional actor in the Atlanta area mm-hmm. and just a beyond awesome guy. Like I mean, I hadn't met him before, obviously a lot like a lot of these people, but he was just really down to earth, really excited about it. Um, really just, just ready to do the thing. Um, he, he, he kept, he had the whole script on his phone and everything. I mean, it was just really cool. I mean, like seeing that dedication level for the, for the project. Um, I want to try to do like a lightning round here because I do want to try to talk a little bit about, uh, the Hollywood Superman film that is coming out soon. But, uh, I want to try to do a, a quick lightning round and maybe you can, um, Hopefully you won't shoot down too many of these questions. Okay. But, okay. Um, you are doing an extended trailer, so 
Did you shoot a lot of dialogue or not a lot? Um, we did shoot a lot of dialogue, but I kept I kept explaining to everyone. Now, when it comes to as you can as you can t- uh, attest to this as well, mm-hmm. um, when it comes to actually editing this thing together, I don't know what's going to end up on the editing room floor. I'm not actually in there editing this trailer yet. I don't have the music laid out. And as right. you know, you know you have a huge beat you got to sync up to. You can't just continue dialogue right after that. Like right. Um, so so I just told him, you know, I'd rather have more than enough. If it doesn't, I don't want you to have your heart broke if it doesn't make it to the to the trailer because I can't predict that, and I need to tell the story when it comes down to actually cutting it together. Right. So. I mean that's that's always that's always tough uh, using dialogue in a trailer because um, obviously I'm now. Did you do any? I'm guessing if you did dialogue. I'm guessing you didn't do anything like the Lex Luthor monologue that you had in The Golden Child. I, was everything kind of, you know, like a scene's worth of dialogue, but nothing particularly long? Or did you actually shoot any long scenes? Um, we, we sh- I wouldn't say any long scenes. Some scenes that uh, that you have the full picture and that can kind of pick and choose which lines. Because what, what the point I tried to explain to the cast and the crew and everyone is, you know, uh, it could come down to wow, that was an awesome line that 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 Danny delivered in that scene. I just want to have that snippet of him saying that because it fits perfectly right here. And right. that and I told me that could end up happening in it, but that a lot of it will be chopped in different order, you know, and everything. So, um, but there there was no like very there was no like you said with like in Golden Child there was no extremely long ramble of rant that would go on and on. Nothing like that that um that would go on for for a long period of time. No. Um. How. Uh... And you, how many days did you shoot? Was it just for like a couple like marathon shooting days? Really, it really was. See, <clears throat> when I originally had, had booked uh, my ticket to go up there and everything, I didn't know how long we were going to need, so I did a week, you know. And it turns out what I should have done is a lot less time. Not that there was anything wrong with that, but um, we really cr- we crammed in all of our shooting into two days. I know someone's thinking, so you have two days worth of footage, and that's and that's it, and this that that's, that doesn't seem like enough. But literally, like I said, 6 a.m. on on Saturday to 10 at night, and the next day we left uh, we left um, Danny's place around 11 in the morning, and yeah. we went to the green screen studio, and then we filmed more for that, and we didn't get back to his house till like 8 at night. So I mean, there were two very full days of filming, and no real like luxury right. between. Like it was literally like we filmed this scene, let's go get changed, let's do the next scene, right. next scene. It was like back to back. Like right. I got in such a habit of like being ready. Let's set this stuff up. Let's go. Like I mean, it got such a Right. Got in the groove of doing every single possible setup that you can for for the shots. Right. My, it, would, it would have taken longer had we had to build sets and rig like an explosion to happen off of something or something crazy. Right. That would have taken a lot longer. But since the sets were basically, it wasn't like we had a farm set. It was a farm. A literal farm. Yeah. Yeah, it's a real farm. So, um, which of course to me always makes things not much more real. Like you, like you said, I, I would, I would kill to not have to have used the green screen at all and just have all these very yeah. extravagant, you know, areas to work with. Like, um, could you, could you just fly for real? Cause that would really save me a lot yeah, of visual effects. Start flying, that would really save us some time. <laughs> but yeah, the, um, <clears throat> Oh, what was I going to say now? I completely lost my train of thought. The, uh, uh, my, by my understanding, a, a lot of, cause I, I, I I guess I could hear that complaint the oh, you only shot two days worth. But if you think about how like TV shows or, or movies are shot, they spend so much time just setting up a shot. Uh, I mean, they spend a long time just, you know, setting up for one shot. And uh, a lot of times I hear that, you know, you do like, you know, a page of dialogue a day or something like that on, on movies or something. And 
you're basically doing the whole thing in two days, but you're right. doing it at a breakneck pace. You're not, yeah, and, and you're again, not taking an hour to set up a movie. Shot. You know, it's the extended trailer, so there's we're not going through every from cover to cover to do the the the, the whole novel. Um, it's right. just the selected scenes we have, but uh, you know, and again, um, I do hear about that too. You know how they how they only three or four lines and then it's go go home and, and I, to me I, I mean i don't i don't know it seems like it'd be very difficult to just stay in that mindset of whatever character you're playing be like okay so tomorrow i need to be mad about that okay well i have three lines tomorrow got it okay like i mean it just seems really difficult opposed to you're in the you're in the zone right now you're delivering that line okay let's do another take i'm, I'm still in the mode i mean just to me personally if i was doing it but um but yeah you're right a lot of hollywood sets take a lot longer of a time and a lot bigger of a crew. I, I'm, I'm just, I'm more than happy with everything that we got shot and filmed and everything. Right. Uh, so, how much, how much, uh, without revealing what you shot, can you give me like the the number of scenes you think you've you've shot, like Maybe. somewhere in that where like uh, somewhere in the ballpark of how much you really, how much you actually did shoot? We pro. Well, here, here's what I'll tell you. Counting counting the green screen location, we probably had. I would say uh, probably between 10 to 13, I would say different locations we filmed that. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, that's a, that's a pretty big number for, for all the different scenes that are in there. So um, we did, we, yeah, 10 to 13 different, different locations. Uh, obviously we mentioned uh, that you could not do the whole book because you would need in the, the millions and millions of dollars in budget to do it. Um, but I'm gonna, I'm just going to throw you a softball question because we sort of talked about it off air too, but it's a, it's a bit of a softball, just a yes or a no question. Uh, is there some stuff in the book that people would think you wouldn't do, but you did do? Yes. Okay. That's a, see, that's a softball. It's a, just lobbed it in there, but, um, just, just so people know, because I, I think that's a, you know, a thing that like, well, that, there's gotta be some stuff in there that you could never, uh, never ever do. And uh, you were saying that there's going to be at least a a thing or two that yeah. people uh... I, like. It's, like I said, um, can't reveal a whole lot. Um, yeah, I want people to be ready to watch. Um, but like I said, there will be imagery and and things that we've put together and are putting together that will more than satisfy a viewer, in in my personal opinion. Um, unless you're just being completely trolling, unrealistic, and then don't right, even. Right, right. No, I'm just kidding. But uh, you know, you know what I'm talking about. Um, how, are, how are you feeling about the visual effects right now? Because that's what I mean. That's largely what you're doing right now. You haven't started cutting any of the footage right now. You're just working on getting the the visual effects the key, down, right? Yeah, yeah. The key visual effects shots. Um, like I said, uh, it's me and a couple people that I've that I've known just over the years and over recent times of just working in the video world. You meet people. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, kind of like wrestling, like we talked about before. Um, yep. So, so uh, uh, they're they're going very very well. Um, they are some of the shots. I'm sitting there like I cannot wait to have that music track behind this to to lay out that shot. That is just going to look incredible. Right. Um, as, I mean, as somebody who's done like music videos and and things like that, I know exactly how you feel. Like you're watching something and you hear the music in the back of your mind. Like oh, yeah. I am using that for that beat right there. That's going yeah, here. No, yeah, and that's how it is. I, I, the 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 music was composed by the same person who did Golden Child Score, uh, Ash Hanif, and um, I'll I'll just play that track with my headphones on and just you know just get my mind rolling. Remember the shots we've and I'm I'm sure you've done that. That's what I do pretty much for any prepping for a video. I, I listen to the music over and over and over and kind of just visualize how it's going to piece together. Right. That's, that's my pre. That's my previs. Yeah. 
Yeah, especially when it comes to like a flight home from somewhere, or it's like, well, I have nothing else to do. Let's put on the headphones and right. let's get to thinking. So, um, especially for wrestling events, that's, I think it's what got me started on that whole visualization of how the final product's going to look is doing wrestling right. music videos and things like that. Uh, so, do you have a, a generalized timetable for the completion? Because obviously, like you said, you haven't even started cutting yet. Right. Uh, but my guess is once the visual effects are done, uh, the cutting is probably going to be easy compared to nailing down your visuals. So no, absolutely. Um, I would say, uh, I mean, I can't really give a month right now, but summer of 2013. Um, right. Slash very soon. I mean, I, I know I know that seems kind of lame, like oh, very soon. No, but really, as soon as as this thing is done, it's it's going up so everyone can view. It's not going to be like a oh, we have to wait for the 13th of this month because that's my grandma's birthday or whatever. So I've seen people do these really bizarre, like it has to release on this day because blank. To me, it's like when it's done, I want you guys to see it. I don't want to hold you guys up from who've been patiently waiting for it and some impatiently waiting for it. And people who donated for this project, I I want them to to be ready. I want them to see it. I want them to enjoy it. And I want it to be online as quick as we can. Um, So yeah, it'll be a very quick process once that's all. That's all. uh, All the visuals are done. It'll be a lot faster. Perhaps, perhaps before June fourteenth, twenty thirteen. Perhaps it'll be before that. I, I, okay. that's, I will promise people it will be before that date. Before Man of Steel comes out, yeah, which it'll be out before then. We do, which we should talk about because we did talk about it a little bit uh, sure. the last time you were on. But they were in the uh, very early stages of releasing information about that movie. I mean, they've re- yeah. obviously they released kind of a teaser, and then they sort of released a little bit uh, longer trailer. Yes, but but since then, obviously, much more has come out about the movie. There's been a lot uh, a lot of images, obviously, and they released another trailer. Sure. I wanted I wanted to get your thoughts on that trailer because the first thing that stuck out to me before I even had a chance to register whether I thought it was good or what was in it, the first thing that struck out to me was that the whole tone of that trailer I think was maybe set by the music because it just it's felt so different from every other trailer that has come out because it yes. didn't have that super heavy pounding epic trailer music behind it, which I, I don't hate. I mean, I like that. That's fine. But it just, that immediately stuck out to me. It, it wasn't so, like a whimpery weird music, but it, it just was completely tonally different from the other trailer music we hear. Okay. Well, what, what, what I, I think what I'll do is I'll, I'll, cut it down for my thoughts on the trailer as well as my thoughts from an editing standpoint. I mean, is that appropriate? Do you think that'd be all right? Sure. What, what I, what I was thinking is uh, obviously the first trailer, I hated the first teaser trailer. That stupid one with the, I still hate it. I think it sucks. It's just stupid water and, and like butterflies. And then he flies in the air. I think it's a stupid trailer and I never liked it. Mm-hmm. Um, however, the, the second trailer they came out with got me a little more on board. And then this third one, like I'm sold on, on I'm ready to see the movie. Like it's gotten to that point. And I know you're thinking you're a right. Superman fan. You weren't ready to see Man of Steel. I wasn't sold on a lot of the characters and a lot of things yet. But after seeing that trailer and really getting to hear Henry Cavill, uh, Cavill, I think is how you say it. It's Cavill, um, yeah. Him actually talk and and he's a you know he's not an American actor, but he has a very good American accent. Like it, I was like I would believe you're an American actor if I didn't know. Like it sounded he had that voice, that Superman voice in the trailer. Mm-hmm. And uh, what, I, what I really loved, uh, I mean, we saw a lot of the same footage as the second trailer showed in this one. Yeah. But I loved, I loved the power that General Zod had in that with, mm-hmm. the, with the small little line he had. But it was just like, oh, man, you're, de- you're screwed. Like, that's how it felt. Like, right. it, it, I mean, it was, it was so powerful. 
Um, and I loved that they, for the first time in basically film history, when it comes to Superman, they had a scene that actually discloses that his, the symbol on his chest is not an S that people have thought for right and years. <clears throat> casual fans always think that. Right. Um, I love that. You know, it's not an S. You know, in my, in my world, it means hope. And Lois has him having her wit. Well, uh, here it's an S. Like that was just like perfect to me. I was like, I'm right. sold just from that, that alone. Right. I mean, that immediately, and that's something I didn't know as a not hardcore Superman fan. But when it when it came up, I immediately the first thing that came to my mind is, oh well, they're definitely touching more of the more of the source material than previous movies because I think most movies prior to that were just happy to let you think it's an ass because he's Superman. Yeah, exactly. So I I I, I love that he that I mean. And it, it, the way he delivers it, you know, so what's the S stand for? And he's like, and he's like laughing, you know, well, it's not an S. It, in my world, it means hope. Yeah. And he's like, uh, well, it's a yeah, symbol, it, yeah. here it's an S. So like, it just really, really played well. And I love the fact that my favorite shot still, I know it sounds crazy. All the awesome visual effects, which don't get me wrong. Those are just very stunning, which that's how Zack Snyder does his movies. Right. Um, but the, to me, the shot of him in those handcuffs just still like delivers tenfold to me. Yeah, and that's, I love that's thing. My he could just break out of handcuffs, but like I look at it, he let them arrest him. That was him making this conscious decision. I'm not a threat. You guys can arrest me. Um, so I just thought that was that's just a powerful image. Right. That's my that's my takeaway too. I mean, I know a lot of people were thrilled to see the, um, you know, like the fall of Krypton, like right at the beginning of the movie. They actually, right. I don't know, I don't know if any of the other movies ever touched on that or, sh- um, they, or showed anything they showed the the, tr- the traditional sense of uh, basically like krypton gets destroyed by like asteroid uh, the sun rays like all these different things right but what it looked like at this trailer is it looks like krypton gets destroyed by a war that's right. what it looked like to me like a war happens right and that's what destroys krypton and he saves his son like that's what it felt like i don't i don't know a, a, if maybe they have a nuke a nuke type bomb that can destroy planets over there i don't know you know i don't, right. I don't what they're gonna, what angle they're gonna take the, the product? But I'm actually more more satisfied if they take that war angle. I know it sounds bad. I'm changing source material, and I'm such a diehard fan. But to me, it makes more sense if a planet's gonna get completely wiped out. War in today is something we can relate to. That it's it would absolutely be yeah of a, a huge destruction that that destroys the planet. Um, I really, really love the scene in that sec- in that the most recent trailer when he says, "You're the answer, son. You're the answer to Are We Alone in the Universe." Mm-hmm. And then, and you hear the kid, you know, "Well, can't I just keep pretending I'm your son?" And you just hear that line delivered so well by Kevin Costner. You know that, that you are my son. Like I just, right. like, you feel that emotion in there, and it's just very powerful. Yeah, I mean, I want to touch on that. No, I want to agree with you about that for for sure. That that shot of him in handcuffs being led by the, the MPs or yes. you know whatever it is. The, yeah. That always stood out to me is like, to me, that was like the shot. Cause even, I mean, even the, the most casual Superman fan knows that, you know, Superman, some people would even say he maybe has too much power, but yeah. uh, as far as superpowers go, but they know that he literally has all that. So, I mean, that's a powerful image to see somebody who could, you know, at any point, that's how, uh, that's yeah, how it, tranquil and peaceful yeah, Superman and, and really is. That's the best thing about the Superman character to me that I've always loved is that yes, he has all these powers. He could he could rob any bank. He, no one could stop him really when it comes down to ninety percent of the things he would want to do. Right. However, he's such a honest and good person. I'm guessing what probably happens is he probably fights Zod or something all over the place, or he's shown himself to the world and the police deploy like what would really happen when bullets are bouncing off of someone, right. <laughs> you know. Uh, 
and then they put him under, they say, you know, stop immediately, we'll put you, we're putting you under arrest, and he says, okay, and he lands by him and lets him put him in handcuffs, because he's not a threat, he wants to comply with the rules of society, he doesn't want them, you know, that's why he doesn't wear a mask, like they talked about that one of the uh, Earth One uh, is, a, is a novel that's that's for, about Superman, and I think they t- they touch on there. I believe it's an Earth One. So sorry if any diehard fans are like, no, it's this one for sure. You were completely wrong. So you don't know anything about Superman. Yeah, just I'm just <laughs> I'm, I believe it's Earth One, and he talks about like, you know, why don't I wear a mask? And then she's like, when people basically Martha Kent says, when people see what you can do, they're going to need to put a face with that image. They don't, and a mask is just going to hide that. And that's going to scare them. And I think that's a really good way to relate why he doesn't wear a mask opposed to most of the generalized superheroes. Um, well, I mean, he's the Superman and, and the thing about Superman is I think he's the, uh, uh, the, the realization of, you know, like the, the brass ring. Cause the old saying is, is, uh, what, you know, absolute power corrupts. Absolutely. Well, Superman has close to, at least to our standards as close to absolute power as anyone could have. But yes. he's not corrupted or corruptible. Uh, I mean, and that's you know, so that's the that's the brass ring. And I do like what they're kind of going at here. You're going to have to help me out here as a extremely casual Superman fan because I know that Jor El is Superman's father, but Correct. I do not remember the name of Superman's uh, biological mother. I don't know the name that they're using for this. I mean, they 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 take so many different angles because I'm even thinking that they might do something like that for. I know Jonathan and Martha. Martha Martha is definitely a much older type of name, and they're younger parents. This so I don't know if they're going right. to stick with the same names. I'm most curious, you know, in this world that they're building, in this similar to the Dark Knight film world, how on earth are they ever pulling off his dual identity of Clark Kent and Superman? I don't I don't right. have a clue. I don't have a clue how that's going to work. Like, like, uh, are they going to say something like the glasses lens reflect differently because they're Kryptonian and right. people don't realize what he looks like the same? Like, I'm really. I mean, really... I I could see because we haven't heard a lot. I mean, unless you've read more than I have, but I haven't read a lot. But I wouldn't be surprised if, and this, this may sound so sacrilegious to people, but uh, I wouldn't be surprised if they kind of just ditch the whole Clark Kent working at a newspaper part right. of the character like it may just true. become obvious that he's superman and superman exists and everyone knows who superman is and he's he's never clark kent again after right you know well, after right. he becomes superman my take if they are going to do it is like the movie will end with him saying you know i realize i need to have another identity so i'm not in the spotlight at all times i need to right. blah, blah blah and then like the movie ends with him putting like glasses on and like the credits hit or something like that like like i mean i don't know exactly how Right. But what I'm thinking is like, and then they say, now we have five years to decide how the heck we're going to do this. Like, I mean, you know, whatever time frame, we have four years years to to think of how we're going to make this work with with him and have the glasses. Because like it can that can literally be the make or break of this being a successful trilogy or sequel or, you know, so so forth. If they go that route and they can't deliver the, the thing like. Like with the Christopher Reeve movies, it worked, you know, obviously for its time. Yeah. And he played the character so differently. That was what was so good about Reeve to a lot of people is when he was Superman, you know, he stood t- stood up tall, talked with a very firm voice. And then when he was Clark, he's slouched and he's stumbling and thinks, uh, uh, yeah. you know, excuse me. And like, and all this kind of like a dork, you know. So yeah. that's that was what made people say, well, maybe he's not the same person. But it'll be very interesting to see how they pull that off in, in this world if they go that route. And again, 
I don't know, like, they can't, like, add to the disguise, like, oh, and I'm going to wear a fake mustache, because then people will be like, what? Like, you know, like, like it just doesn't work that way. Right. And I, and I think, uh, and obviously they're playing into it a lot. I don't know how much it gets played into in the comics, but they certainly played into it in the trailer. Uh, that one specific scene right near the beginning where they're kind of putting, you know, little baby Cal into his, his baby pod spaceship yeah. thing. Yes. And his mother's like so worried, like, you know, what, you know, what if they harm him or hurt him or kill him? Or yeah. I don't remember what. Right. And Jarrell's like, you know, how could they? He'd, he'd be like a god to them. And, right. um, you know, that, as I'm soon as he, as soon as he said that, I got the immediate sense of things are not going to be great for Superman on Earth for a while. Because I, the immediate reaction, people wouldn't, I think, realistically would react in fear Yes. At least at yes. first, I, would be if terrified. If you're putting this in a realistic world, um, people will, would be terrified of Superman or anyone like him. I mean, just imagine if, whether it was a, for a positive cause or a negative cause, so someone robbed the bank, someone killed someone, or someone saved someone's life, yeah. stopped the car, and people witnessed it, the reaction is going to be like, yeah, no, I saw that guy catch that car and put it on the ground. I saw it happen. They're going to be like, no, you, are you sure? Does it? Then you know all these other witnesses, the camera sees it, yeah. then it's like, and it's like, okay, we need to talk to this guy. And then they find out, you know, bullets don't hurt him. They're going to want to run tests on him. They're going to be like, you can't be here. We need to, you know, in private, we need to kill this guy because this is a threat to the, our safety of the world. Yeah. Like, I mean, it's it's very much like a, like a Dr. Manhattan view of a oh, character yeah. from like Watchmen or like the X-Men and Marvel where it's like we know these things exist and we are terrified of them because they're so different. They yeah. appear to have so much power. How can we possibly trust them where i mean at least with the superman character though as we discussed um he seems to be uh you know a, an uncorruptible source of yeah. good so eventually he, he yeah. would win earth over i mean and they do mention that uh when that line where uh yeah. jor-el says that you know they will you know eventually join you in the sun so eventually humanity will come around uh to superman but i think that's what maybe the these movies that's the journey these movies yeah, are going to take yeah. people on is his uh, redemption from yeah, like this, rescuing this us from trailer where he's trying to hitch a ride. And I've heard people be like, why is he walking? He can fly. And, I'm, and my, my outlook is, is, you know, he's trying to understand how humans work. He's trying to understand, right. you know, the, no the hubris for other people, yeah. the, the, you know, help your neighbor atmosphere. And that's kind of how Superman always is the help your neighbor. And to touch on the Jarrell thing, you were saying a little bit, um, I don't know if, like you said, you're a casual fan. Jarrell's, uh, I don't know the route they're going, but in the original mythology, he's a very brilliant scientist on Krypton. Right. So he actually knows the atmosphere of earth and saying, wow, if he's on earth, he'll be able to fly. He'll be able to do all these extraordinary things. Cause on Krypton, these, they don't have powers like that. Right. So it's just like normal. He's a normal dude. Yeah. The gotcha. only, the major difference is like their gravity is so much more dense there. Like, like that's why he can fly on earth. He can kind of decide, I don't know what the route they're going to go, but like, uh, that's, that's, that was the major thing. And then when he comes to earth, the yellow sun gives him his powers and different things like that. Mm -hmm. Um, so, uh, so, so I, I, him saying, you know, like, you know, no, he'll be a God to them. Like he looks, he realizes it, you know, like even if someone on their planet had the powers he's going to have there, it would be extraordinary. Like, um, you know, it would be a, crazy and i i love i love the line delivery you know like you said with the you know they will join you in the sun and all that and it really does feel like it's going to be this journey of him like like a, like it has a shot of him saying and you know i have so many questions where do i come from like i mean just like right they're taking it very uh i think a lot of people were very concerned that while they enjoyed the chris nolan batman films and i i think a lot of people were 
pleased to see him involved in this movie. I think yeah. a lot of people, I know you were definitely one of them that were concerned that maybe the movie was going to be, you know, too dark, like not Superman like, yeah, and yeah. maybe it, maybe it will start like that, but I no, think I've that's had, not the goal. Ultimately. Yeah. I've, I've had my views, you know, on, on these, on these projects and these different films that come out, you know, like, like what they're using that person for that. That's going to suck. And, or what, what are they doing? But you know what? The way I look at it is, yes, I might have that negative view at that time or my opinion, like everyone else. But if you, if you sell me on it, <clears throat> excuse me, um, you've done your job. Like if you sell me on the idea, like like I said, the first trailer, I thought it sucked. I was like, this is crap. What the heck is this? This is not Superman. It's a bunch of leaves on the ground and different things like that. Right, Lord of the uh, Rings music in the background. Yeah, yeah. I, didn't, I still don't get that. Like why they use the Lord of the Rings. It wasn't like it was just a good track that was used in a movie. It's used in Lord of the Rings, and it's a very known track. So Yeah, yeah, very. Yeah. I mean – it yeah, it, I, it was also very confusing. For something like that, like you know, like for some something not related to Star Wars or something. Right. So, um, but but but, however, the second trailer got me a little more on board, and the third trailer, I'm like, I need to see this movie. You guys have sold me on the idea, and I know a lot of people are like, yeah, but look at the visual effects. Like, I expect the visual effects to be good. It's the story to me that's just like you know, above and beyond awesome. Like how just how well it's they play it out in the trailer. Um, Right. I watched a review that someone did of the trailer, and he, and they brought up a good point. You know the little lowest dialogue that's in the trailer, the third trailer, where she's basically saying, "How do you find someone who spends a lifetime covering their tracks?" Right. To some, he was a, and he was like, "That really sounds like like an ending quote for a movie. Like that's how they're going to wrap it up before credits hit." And he's like, "I really hope it's not." And I was like, "That's a really good point because it really does sound like one of those like." You know, to some he was a he was a guardian, to others a ghost, and it's like credits, like right. you know, he he is the Superman. Dun, 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 dun. Like right. I don't know. I hope they don't do something like that. But he's not um, the superhero we deserve. But yeah, 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 right, right. <laughs> they just they just completely ape the the Dark Knight ending. And <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, Superman rides off on a motorcycle with his cape <laughs> flapping in the wind. Yeah. Yes. Oh man, that's that's hilarious. I like I said, um, what, a few things. Uh, I'll touch on the editing real quick. Um, I, the editing to the third trailer wasn't like that good to me, not to say it was bad. And I know some people are saying, what do you mean? Blah, blah, blah. Um, they seem like they just took a lot of chunks from the second trailer and put it to the different music without actually editing any sort of, yeah. you know, syncing with it or anything like that. Um, so I thought that was a little, cause you know, you're hearing all these, I'm like, okay, that could have been a beat right there. You missed what? Come on. Like, you know. So I, from an editor standpoint, that's how I looked at that. But not to say it took away from the trailer because I really, right. really, really enjoyed the trailer. And like I said, it sold me on the movie with the little uh, extra scene they had with uh, Lois and him talking in the interrogation room. Mm-hmm. And I can't wait to see every fan editor in the world doing taking the Dark Knight and that scene and cutting it together like Superman and Batman are having <laughs> some sort of argument because it's going to happen. Oh, yeah. Uh, I mean, I, and yeah, from an editing standpoint, I thought the second trailer was maybe a little tighter editing wise, but yeah. the third one just for their choice of music alone made it stand out so much more. Cause it just, it just didn't feel like every other trailer I've seen for a big movie. And I mean, that's not to yeah. put down other big movies cause they have really great trailers. They really do, but this just stood out like and that's, new, that's a plus. He's trying to do like the new Superman theme or something, you know, like the one that's going to relate to this film. Yeah. Like, I, I mean, which is a big challenge. How do you ever, you know, compete with the John Williams score that everyone knows of the dun, 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 dun you know, everyone knows that. Right. So like, that's a very touchy subject. Um, uh, my, well, I was going to say, Michael, uh, maybe you should just take a cue from Michael Giacchino who did the, the 2009 Star Trek when he announced that he was going to use 
the original the original television series theme. He was going to incorporate that, and people were like, "Oh, they're going. He's just going to ruin it. He's just going to." Uh, you know, he's going to do his interpretation of it and it's going to be terrible. And essentially what he ended up doing was the theme with, you know, a slightly bigger orchestra behind it. Yeah. and, and, and <laughs> But and, it was the theme essentially. Right. I, I, I would be like, I get that, but I also get, you know, the other standpoint, like originally I was really annoyed that there would be the Superman theme in it. Cause to me, that theme is going to live on forever, regardless of how successful this movie becomes or does right. or anything or the trilogy and so forth. But however, I, I I do think that um, like like uh, the world that he's trying to create, he's trying to make you go for not forget, but for my movie, don't think about Christopher Reeve, don't think about George Reeves, don't think about Smallville, don't think about any of those other things that have came before. Definitely is, don't I, think do about think. that last movie with Brian Singer. Yeah, no no one's thinking about that one though, so we don't have to remind <laughs> them, right? <laughs> yeah, that that one was just atrocious. But uh, but again, yeah, he I think he wants them. He wants it all to be fresh, so he doesn't want people to say, oh, and then the Superman theme, yeah, he wants them to be like, this is all brand new. This is nothing related to anything in the past. This is all my brand new. So, I mean, I'm very interested to see a lot of it, how it plays out, a lot of it, how, like I said, they show us a lot in the trailer, but all that means to me is there's a whole lot more to show us when it comes to the movie. That's all that means to me is that there's still a whole lot more, uh, you know, just shots and stuff to show us and the scenes to show us and, Mm -hmm. and everything like that, so... Um, I'm, I'm pretty, pretty, you're, pretty excited about seeing that. And, you're and, sold. Are you like, uh, are you going to be like, uh, are you so sold now that you're going to be like an opening day guy? Like you're going to oh, go yeah. see it's it? Gonna, I'm going to be opening uh, and, and see, and to me, I don't, you know, obviously it's not like, Hey, Zack Snyder, if you're listening to the podcast, but, um, you know, if, if any of them were to be able to communicate with me in some fashion, what I would say is, you know, from the first trailer and from some of the shots I saw, I was like not on board as a diehard fan, but after that third trailer, I'm sold where I'm going to be. Front, you know, front line there as early as I can to see those tickets the night it comes out. And to me, that's the that's an accomplishment to me. If you can sell someone who was the complete other way when the movie was announced to the fashion they were going with it, you you done your job. I'm sold on it completely. Uh, yeah, I mean, and as somebody who is a casual, very casual person, like I've never ever 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 seen a Superman movie in a movie theater before ever. Uh, uh, but this will be the first one for sure. Because uh, it, it definitely reeled me in. Again, like you said, with the teaser trailer, uh, didn't. I mean, it was it was cool in a sense like that it was definitely like. I mean, like you said, you're like, what the heck is this? Yeah. But at the other hand, it's almost undeniable. Oh, go ahead. <laughs> I was gonna say it's it's almost undeniable though. At least for even though it's it was kind of strange, it's it's almost undeniable at this point that you know you couldn't see it and say this is they're definitely doing a fresh take like this is not they're not retreading any ground this definitely does not look like any superman movie yeah. or show i've ever seen before um and obviously with that little you know with such a little amount of footage uh that leaves the room for interpretation wide wide open yeah but uh you know obviously they've 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 given us a little bit more and it certainly looks really good and i i'm I, again i'm i'm excited this it must be good news for for real, real lifelong Superman fans to hear somebody like me saying, "Never been to a Superman movie before, but I'm going to go see this," because that, right. at the very, at the very least, even if you think this movie in the long run was terrible, uh, it may for somebody like me, if I really enjoy it, and I'm sure we've mentioned this before, but it opens the door backwards to you know previous Superman stuff, yeah. uh, and it brings it brings in new fans, and that's 
that's always a good thing. Uh, I mean, and I don't care what franchise you're a fan of. That's always a good thing because yeah. the more life that gets breathed into it, that means the longer it runs for. I mean, I guess sometimes I guess you're running the risk of eventually becoming old and stale. But um, Superman hasn't really had movie theater traction in in quite a while. Yeah, it was uh, the the Reeve films. That was pretty much it for him being that that you know in that spotlight. And that was and the the you know the third one, the fourth one did not do nearly as good as the first or the second one. Right. So it's been, it's been a long time. Like you said, it's been a really long time since well, that's, well, I mean, when did Superman two come out? Do you know when Superman two um, came out? I, 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 I'm trying to think if it was the, I think it was the late seventies. I, oh, so, I mean, yeah. So we're talking, you know, the eighties max. I think the, I think Superman four was like, I think it was 87 is when Superman four right. came out. The final one with Chris Reeve that did really terrible. So maybe uh, we're talking the last real successful Superman film. It's been, you know, three decades roughly yeah. since there's been yeah. a real successful Superman film. I mean, I don't know how well the, uh, uh, box office wise, I'm not sure how well the Brian Singer one did, but I know critically people were not. I think the fans. opening weekend, it did good. Because people were like, it's Superman. Like, even I was excited for that one, you know, because the trailer, of course, makes it seem incredible. They don't they don't show, oh, Lois has a random kid. Oh, by the way, this is continuing from the Christopher Reeve films. We're not going to tell you that, though. We just hope you assume that. Superman's uh, kind of creepy, emo, stalkery a little bit sometimes. Yeah, he has seven lines in the whole movie or so. Like, <laughs> very, very bizarre outlook on the whole thing. But, uh, yeah, the, and again, I was a huge letdown for that as a fan, going to see that, being very excited to see it and then um but like i said for this i'm i'm, I'm a lot more excited and i i hope dare i say i hope it does not have that green lantern effect in this movie i don't think it will and what i mean by that is green lantern looked incredible and then i saw the movie so yeah um i thought you were just gonna say that um the the trailer looked great and then you saw the horrible cg mask that they had oh, for ryan right. reynolds <laughs> the, the worst part is they they advertise that again. I wouldn't be mad if that was the CG delivered from a fan film or from an independent project. But you're Hollywood. There's no limits to you guys being able to deliver some quality effects here. I guess we're just gonna. I guess I'm just gonna delve before we wrap things up here into nitpicky range here. And this is just gonna sound like complete bitching and moaning about the Green Lantern movie, but. Couldn't it? Because I know they did the CG effect right because they wanted to make the mask just appear on his face. Yeah. Um, couldn't they have just had a practical mask and then just do the CGI appearance of the mask? Yeah, and no, then the next the next scene, it's a practical mask. I agree. No, I I, I completely agree with that. Because it, um, just, it just didn't look, for whatever reason, it just didn't look good. It looked like a video game. Like, it would be like, if I was playing a video game, I'd be like, dang, these are some good graphics. But when you're watching a movie, you're like, dang, this sucks. Like, yeah, I mean, in like, an era of such fantastic computer animation work. Yeah, and, um, and, and especially lame. since some of the other lanterns that were CGI looked very, very incredible to me. Yeah, like, yeah. The other species and stuff, I was like, wow, that looks awesome. The so, space stuff looked great, and yeah. um, I mean, the movie wasn't, overall, wasn't also Again, particularly well, great. But... The trailer just made it look awesome for the Green Lantern movie. You were just like, oh, this is going to be, this is going to be incredible. And then They're finally going to do it, yeah. I think that's the feeling uh, that they just uh, DC fans have maybe had for a while. They need to, because uh, they're talking about Justice League. To me, yep. they need to have a teaser thing, same thing the Avengers style been doing mm-hmm. at the end of Man of Steel. It, the, to me, it should be Wonder Woman of the Flash is the next movie, and I say that because um, obviously you want to reboot Batman last because he's so fresh in everyone's minds. You don't want him to be the next reboot of your series because right. you can't continue with the Christopher Nolan films. It wouldn't make any sense. It w- if you continued 
after Dark Knight Rises, it would defeat the purpose of Dark Knight Rises ending. Right. And if you did, and if you said it happened before Dark Knight Rises, it would make people go, "So why the heck did they not help him fight Bane?" And you know, right? So I mean, I and I get the. There's a couple of other lines of thought as well on Justice League, and the, uh, one of them has been, you know, to possibly not do a bunch of standalone movies and maybe jump to Justice League right away for fear that like the standalone movies might not do well enough to warrant justice league and maybe use justice league as like a big, Holy crap, look what we're doing. Look at all these people. Uh, you know, maybe use that, make that successful and then use that as the launching pad to do individual movies. It would be to Uh, me, to me, I think it would be, I mean, just personal opinion. I think the Marvel way they do it is the best because like, it's really hard to get invested and care about characters. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, you're like, you're like, Oh man, the flash is dying. Who cares? I only saw him for 10 minutes on the screen. Like, you know, (laughs) and also that was a huge risk though. I think by Marvel, because I mean, at first I was like, who the hell's going to watch a Thor movie? Or, no, I, uh, you know, Thor is going to suck. And then I went and saw it and I was like, I love Thor. This is one of my favorite oh, yeah. ones you guys did. Yeah, same here. I was like, Thor, what the heck? And somebody's like, oh, it's being played by Captain Kirk's dad from J.J. Abrams' Star Trek movie. And I'm like, oh, I like that. I like the one scene he was in. I'll check out the movie. And it was, uh, I love Thor. And again, I thought it, I, it's probably like my top ones of their, of their build up movies. And I didn't expect it to be at all. So to me, if, to me, they should have like Nolan oversee the the DC universe, just oversee it, have input on different films. I would say direct them, but I mean that would take so many years for him to be directing each individual film. I do, but, I do believe Zack Snyder has said in an interview that if they do Justice League, he would want to direct it. So I guess we'll have to, I guess we'll have to wait and see what Man of Steel looks like. Obviously, Zack Snyder. Up until this point, uh, while I really loved Watchmen, his style was very apparent in, in all of it, like 300 Watchmen. Uh, yeah. God, what was that music video movie he made uh, with all the girls in it? Oh, God. I... Uh, Sucker Punch. Sucker yeah, Punch. Yeah, that weird uh, movie. I didn't, I didn't care for Sucker Punch, but yeah. they all had a very similar style to it. And I think a lot of people naturally expected that when they heard he was going to do Man of Steel. But based on what we've seen... I mean, you can see hints of his style in there. You definitely see flares of it, but it it looks different by and large from most everything else I've I've seen him do. I, I am intrigued to see some of his CG fighting scenes. So when you said he might be interested in Justice League, I would be very down for a Justice League right. film because it's going to have to be someone. It's going to have to be a huge fight, and I know he would deliver the Flash running through, punching someone at the same time, Green Lantern shooting his ring like very right. depth and va- I mean, it would look awesome. So. I mean, um, I, w- I wouldn't, I wouldn't be upset at all about that. I mean, there was obviously kind of like a similar scene they did in Avengers, where they did yeah, a panorama shot. They That's did, a, they did a flyby of everyone doing stuff, and it was, uh, it was all awesome. It was even more awesome to find out literally how, how many separate pieces of that yeah, they yeah. shot. It was I, I, so I, many I, separate I love, pieces. I don't know about you. I, I watch every behind the scenes piece I can watch mm-hmm. on something I care about. Absol- like absolutely, yeah. yeah so. I, I love, I love, I loved how incredible that was, and uh, like I said, I don't know who eventually if they're going to do Justice League with using Man of Steel, they got to bring Batman into it, and I have no idea who is going to have the guts to deliver a new quality Batman film eventually. Because I know some people hate the Dark Knight films, but you can't deny that they're incredibly successful, and it's big shoes to fill now for anyone who decides to. Well, no, I, I know a lot of people who don't like the the movies, but they they. I, I guess they they won't say they're terrible movies. Like they think they're good movies, but they just don't think they're good Batman movies. I guess. Right. 
Um, like that's not how I see, you know, Batman, but, um, you know, like they won't argue that they're not well-made movies or whatever. And obviously Dark Knight Rises, I think a lot of people found at least a a couple faults with that movie. Uh, there, I know there are a lot of people complaining far more about that movie than we're complaining about, um, the Dark Knight, but I don't think anybody would argue that they're not beautiful movies that are very, very well made. Uh, I, I know some people have quibbles with whether or not they, you know, that's how they see their, their comic book universe existing. I think, um, a lot of people prefer the, uh, the way Marvel does it where it's, it's kind of sort of grounded in reality a little bit maybe, but they're not, you know, it's not hard for them to to shy. To me, that's the way that the, to me, that's the proper way I guess DC could compete is if they keep the darker type of tone, then it's not like, oh, you copied Marvel. It's like, well, their tone's different than Marvel movies, so... I mean, and and clearly, clearly I think they're going to lighten things up with the Superman movie to a degree, because, um, you know, Christopher Nolan played his Batman universe so, so down-to-earth that it was almost so down-to-earth that Superman couldn't exist in that universe. Oh, he could, he could not exist in Nolan's world. It, it like, make aliens sense. don't exist in Christopher Nolan's world. Well, and, and, and not to mention, if Superman shows up in Nolan's world, by the way they built the Batman character in the Nolan world, his first thing would say, okay, I don't have to be Batman anymore because this guy can do all that stuff. I, I'm done. Oh, right, right, right. Yeah, the <laughs> way he was telling the story there. Um, yeah. yeah, I mean, that's a whole other... That's a whole other podcast I could practically do talking about why I actually do like the Chris Nolan Batman movies, but I see them from I see them from the lens of he was telling a three act play the the birth of Superman, um, you know the middle act where Superman meets his or not Superman but Batman meets his his greatest foe and then the end of Batman like he was telling a three act play he was not telling you know the the whole he was not playing out the whole mythos of Batman he was essentially doing a, a three act play yep. where you see the beginning the middle and the end of a character uh and in that regard i was totally fine with him making all the choices he made i can see why people who are huge fans of the mythos that love that character can be like oh bruce wayne would never you know retire over uh over maggie gyllenhaal or uh you know any 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 of the weird stuff that happened i mean obviously there's a couple of weird things that are hard to <laughs> explain no matter what yeah. But uh, outside outside of those things, like the overarching story of the whole uh, trilogy, that's you know that's what I was that's what I thought he was getting at. He wanted to tell the three act play of, of Batman's life and career. Right. So I mean, obviously, you have to have a beginning, a middle, and the end to those things. So I was totally I was totally cool with that. But I could see at the same time why other people were like, "No, boo! Uh, that doesn't make any sense," and stuff like that. So. Um, I guess we should probably wrap things up because sure, we have yeah. talked so much about Superman. This yes, is your yeah. all-in-one Superman podcast on CinemaGeekly.com. <laughs> uh, so if you are a fan of soups, holy crap, uh, this is the episode to listen to. Because yeah. I think we spent, you know, what, the last five minutes talking about Batman and then everything else yeah. has been Superman. Uh, but that's cool. That's the theme for That's the theme for this week. So I, I'm totally cool with that. Uh, bottom line, Andrew is going to see Man of Steel on opening day, and yes. I agree with him. People should. I'm not going to go see it on opening day. I'm going to see it opening weekend, but because uh, I I just can't go opening day anymore. When you have kids, sir, I, uh, no, there's I, no I, such I, thing as opening right. <laughs> opening I, I, night I, I, for I me anymore. That. I have some friends who are in that same boat. The Star Trek Star Trek nerd. It pains me to not go see the midnight showing of the new Star Trek movie, but I already know. 
that that's not happening. I'll have to wait until like Saturday or Sunday uh, to, to go see it. I, so I, uh, yeah, that, that world doesn't exist for me, but I think people should check it out. It, it looks good. Uh, way better than I think people were, were saying at first. I think uh, uh, Zack Snyder is going to, is going to make a lot of people eat some crow because it does look good. Um, okay. So uh, one final push for you, sir, facebook.com slash, Kingdom Come fan film to, right. to get more, and obviously I think you're gonna. Uh, are you gonna? Are, do you have plans to push out more, uh, more goodies from the shoot or teases or screenshots yeah. of your uh, um, your editing timeline or something? Oh yes, um, we we have uh, we we probably have like I would say I don't know thousands of pictures from all the different photographers right. that have all been sent to me slash some of the cast and stuff, and we've been very secretive, you know, making sure everyone knew and this can't be released online and this kind of stuff. So I kind of pick and choose which ones, and, and I probably will do a couple little just, like, editing teaser type things so people are like, whoa, this is going to be... But, uh, like I said, the, the sooner the better we can get this thing released to everyone. Like I said, as soon as possibly can have it done, it'll be done and released for everyone to enjoy. Alright, awesome, sir. Thank you very much for being on the podcast. Thank you. Uh... Once again, cinemageekly.com, that's our home, but you can also check us out on Facebook. We're on Twitter and Google+, Plus, all at Cinema Geekly, and we're on iTunes. You can find us there every week, at least every week until the summer movie season ends, and then Hollywood gives us all those movies that they didn't want to put out during the summer season because they know nobody was going to go see them anyway. Uh, then I don't know if we're going to be around weekly because there might not be a lot of great stuff to talk about, but we will do our best. Uh, once again, Andrew List, thank you for joining us. And uh, we will see you next week on the Cinema Geekly Podcast. 